Not Your Poppies podcast is a place where booze and humor are used to bring you the real raw stories of women throughout history. It's feminism with a hint of tequila. No es cafecito con tu abuela. It's tequila shots with your best friend. My name is Carmen. And I'm Laura. And welcome to another episode. Welcome to another episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And what are you drinking? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I going to say it's in English because the last episode we did was in Spanish. So it was in Spanish. Yeah. So maybe some people didn't get to listen to us and they haven't listened to us for a couple of weeks because we did have an episode and then we did Spanish. So did you get back us? Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our Spanish episode for those who were able to listen. And even if you didn't understand us and you still give it a try, thank you so much for that. Um, it was definitely interesting. It was fun. It was, um, I don't know why, as soon as we, I hear the little, the, the, like the, the, the recording has started, mm. I freak out. I like get stage fright to record. Really? That's cute. Like because that. I, is it cute? I don't know mm -hmm. if it's cute. Um, blame my anxiety because I was noticing that when I was like, uh, you know, listening to the, to the episode while we were editing, I was like, why do I sound like that? Why do I sound like a person who like, you know, um, learned Spanish in high school and college or something like that when it's yeah. my first language do you know I hear was like so offensive um my somebody told me that it was my mom actually yeah my mom she's like well you guys sound better in Spanish than you do in English and I'm like because you don't speak English senora that's why we sound so much better in Spanish but actually I had a few people like telling me that we sound way like our voices change in Spanish and we sound yeah. I don't know, very giddy and stuff. And I'm like, mm, cool. You know what? So I've heard that that's like a phenomena of like, you sound different depending on the language that you're speaking. So it makes sense because in English, I feel like my voice sounds deeper. And in Spanish, sometimes I do end up sounding like a little girl. And I've been told that. Yeah, like, yeah I can see that. And I'm like, I feel like, well, yeah, I feel like my voice is way lower in English than it is in Spanish. In Spanish, I'm more, I, but it, it's, I don't know. It's weird, huh? It's funny. It is. It but is. it was a lot of fun recording in Spanish. It was a lot of fun um, hearing people that don't usually listen to us, getting to listen to us and being like, oh shit, like, this is interesting. I, like there was like no, my mom had like no concept of what like a podcast was or like what you do or anything. My mom's kind of like a little weirdo like me, like she's into the occult and shit. Mm -hmm. So she was like, she knew my story actually. And uh, she was like, yeah, like you did such a great job. Um, and then Laura, with, with you, because you might, we've talked about my mom and her Catholic journey. <laughs> she wanted to know more. She's like, I just, I felt it was like a great introduction. And I was like, ma, this is why we say Google is free. Like we're giving you a great person to research for your next yeah. project. So And honestly, um, yeah, Sor Juana Ines is, is an amazing person to learn. There's so much more information on her. Um, I could, you know, I, I could only provide so much unless I would want to have you sitting here for hours 
which I would, but then that would be unfair to you. Um, but thank you, Ruthlo, for Ruth the Lowe. feedback <laughs> and for enjoying our stories. And for everyone uh, that listens, uh, thank you guys all so much. To be honest, I haven't even sent the episode to my mom because I have an anxiety where my mom is a little bit meaner than your mom. Oh, my mom's ruthless. That's why her name is Ruth Lowe. She's ruthless, my mother. Um, but I, I, I like feedback. I, yeah. I am, I'm incredible. I'm one of those people that I genuinely, I want people to tell me how to be better. Right? Don't not just a criticism. It's actually feedback to apply and then just be better. I think that's yeah. Like if you see an issue, tell me what the issue was and how I could better myself in the future. Like don't complain just for the sake mm-hmm. of complaining. Um, mm-hmm. But actually tell me, okay, if you do it this way, it'll be better, sound yeah. better, you know, flow better. So and it's that's- just feedback. You decide what you want to apply to it going yeah. forward, right? So. Yeah, but my mom doesn't provide feedback, man. She just makes fun of me. My mom bullies me. Like my mom was my number one bully growing up. And, um, and I think that's why like in school, like bullies just, they're like, eh, they're like, oh. oh gotta try harder <laughs> I don't remember if I had any bullies growing up I don't think I did but maybe I, I'm, I had situations but not 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 bullies yeah no I, I had a couple um especially when I was in fifth grade man there was a group of girls who were like hell-bent on just making fun of me because I um my English just sounded so like choppy and they would make fun of me for that and um they would make fun of me for because I liked reading they would make fun of me because I liked history they would make fun of me because I had the highest grade like whatever I did it was just they, they would make fun of me I have no idea what these girls had against me um but you know what I hope they're doing well in their lives I whatever and shout out to Ricarda who was my best friend all through elementary school even though she didn't speak any Spanish and I was barely learning English. See, she stuck with me through thick and thin. So that's cool. shout out to her. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to your high school friends, because sometimes you don't know how you make it through that weird time in your life with uh... well, this was elementary school. Oh, elementary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still weird. Still weird. Elementary kids are mean. All like, kids are mean. mean. Oh, they All are. kids are mean. Dude, can rem- we talk about like huh? kids who bully their parents? Because I constantly feel bullied by my kids uh sure yeah do you want to normalize that or what yeah, normalize let's normalize, being let's normalize calling out our kids for being bullies for being bullies to the parents yes like they use guilt against us like mm. oh yeah I guess like you know when you say no to them yeah and um they're just like so mean like Ariana criticizes me she's like really you're gonna wear that really and I'm like yeah that's so mean <laughs> why See, are you so a, mean to me a little boy doesn't do he doesn't say that thing is that stuff like that usually boys like yeah but no but it, he does bully but in like in a different sense so and then like a guilt trips but I think yeah the guilt trip it. Alberto does the guilt trip definitely yeah. yeah but any updates anything we have to share no updates um for not from my end what uh, do you have any any stuff anything I don't have any updates per se but I did want to do a shout out okay. so 
our podcast has uh, gone worldwide. So call us Mrs. Worldwide. And I just want to give a shout out to the following countries where we have listeners. So shout out to the United States, obviously. obviously. <laughs> shout out to uh, Germany, Canada, Germany. Mexico, the United Kingdom, Costa Rica, Australia, Sweden, and Hungary. So thank you guys from all around the world for listening to us and supporting us and just um, listening to our freaking banter week after week. Uh, Germany's still going strong, man. They're the ones, they, they've been with us since the beginning. So, And um, they, they just kicked Mexico out of the second spot. Because our our the way the way our listeners go was like U.S. is number one spot and it was like Mexico Germany and now Germany has the second spot for most listeners. I'm a little offended because we have a lot of family in Mexico. We should be a solid number two, not not number three. So Mexico, step your fucking shit up, like no mames, like you got this. Let's do this. But yeah, Germany's Germany's been going strong since day one. So I'll take that Hmm. one. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Um, overall, um, yeah, that was pretty much it on my end. I'm already in the Halloween spirit. I already decorated. How are you doing on your end? Oh, Halloween. I have actually, I'm hosting a a party tomorrow. I am so stressed out. I got so much shit to do. Um, and then Brandon was offered like a little, a little, you know, him and his little gigs on the side. And so he's going to be doing that tomorrow. So it'll be literally me um, prepping and cooking and making food and all that shit. So, I mean, ready or not, it's tomorrow. So here we come. Here we come. Well, I'm just kidding. I won't be able to go. I wanted to go, though. I was, like, super excited when you were telling me the preparations. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm. And I really wish I could go. Yeah, it would have been, like, super, super fucking cute. Like, uh, we're doing pumpkin carving, bobbing for apples. We're doing some game for the kids. I got a jumpy house, fire pits, marshmallows, all the fucking shebang. So that's really exciting. Um, nice. Yeah, we, we bought a, those inflatable screens, and we're going to hook it up to our projector and play fucking Hocus Pocus and kid movies and have apple cider and shit like that. So who am I? Sounds like such a fucking suburban mom thing to do. You are a suburban mom, Carmen. Like you need to add that to your resume already. Doesn't it, to me, you know, it's really weird. Like that, like I have always felt like such a fuck up all my life. Like I have no, like I don't have my shit together. And then I hear the things that I'm going to do and I'm like, who the fuck is that person? And how does she fucking have a fucking nine to five how the fuck does she do all these things i don't get it because i don't feel like we're the same person i don't know if that makes any fucking sense like imposter syndrome with being like oh it's absolutely yeah and it's also maybe because it's it's not the life i thought i'd ever have like all of the things that i do i never thought i'd have like an office job i never thought i'd be a mom like Mm -hmm. what type of life did you imagine growing up for yourself oh 100 percent um living like being very like almost like like travel tons of traveling but almost like to my own terms where I can just you know stay a while in a a little country in Europe you know get some pick some weed up and then live off of whatever money I make from there and then surf couch on the other one like a very bohemian kind of style Uh, or live in a big city like New York and then be like a journalist though I mean 
not yeah you know what's funny is growing up like you know how well a a lot of little girls, right? They kind of dream of like their wedding, their marriage, having kids. That mm. was like never me. Um, my dreams when I was little growing up is I wanted uh, to grow up to be some sort of scientist. And later on, when I was like in high school, I realized that I really wanted to um, do sex therapy. So I wanted to move to New York, live in New York, be a sex therapist. And when I was like in my early 40s, I wanted to do artificial insemination and have like one kid um, out of artificial insemination because I obviously don't want to share my kids. And that was like my life. And like you, like I wanted to travel. I wanted to have fun, live in a big city. I am a city girl. Um, And our lives have turned completely different from where we wanted. But honestly, we have had good fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've, I've had a blast. You can't. Yeah. I've had a blast. I just, I, I don't know. I'm just so, it sounds like I put myself on a book and I'm like, so straight and cut, you know what I mean? Like all the lines yeah. are so straight and it's just like, where's the messiness? Cause I like the messiness. Where's, where's the, you know, bring the messiness to the table. You bring the flavor. You bring is that what it is. Oh, it is el sazon. I am the sazon. You, a... you, you are the sazon in the suburban house wife it's true that's true ah what are you drinking tonight i am drinking a stella rosa blueberry wine blueberry wine yeah it's blueberry it's uh semi-sweet it had like this really cute dia de los muertos like wrapping on it i already threw it away um but I was like, oh, that looks cute. And I, I'm one of those people that I literally will buy a wine or a, a, like a whatever alcohol just because of the bottle because I love like cute bottles. So I got this one and um, and it's actually pretty good. It's semi-sweet. So I, I usually do go for the sweeter kind, but this is semi-sweet and it's pretty good. And I'm drinking it in my Hocus Pocus. Oh, I did see the the picture on uh, Instagram. I was yeah. like, that's adorbs. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Dude, I'm so into the Halloween spirit. Like every morning when I've been driving my kids to school, mm. we've been blasting like Thriller, Monster Mash, the Adams Family theme song. Um, like we're just blasting Halloween music. We know it by heart. I already decorate. I still have a couple more decorations that I need to put up, but like we're mm. ready to go all out and just like have a blast. Um yeah. And Alberto decided he wants to do like half trick-or-treating, half giving out candy because we're kind of setting up, um, you know, like the entryway into the house. We're kind of setting it up to like scare people as they're walking through. So he's super excited for that. Oh, that's going to be a blast. You should dress them up as a, for a little bit for like, maybe like a stuffed, uh, give him a mask and put him on a chair and put like a bowl of candy on him. So people can come up to him and like try to get candy and then he can scare. I don't know. You know what? The one I should dress up like that is Ariana because Ariana is her costume this year is Annabelle. Oh, cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. So I I think she would be down for, I know Alberto, he's a little bit more shy. So I know he probably like, wouldn't want to like sit there and wait for people. But yeah, but I know Ariana would definitely be down for it. Yeah. Yeah, Ariana's like ready for it. That's awesome. I had to change my, um, my Halloween costume last minute. So uh, originally we were all last year, we did a theme. And so we really started liking this whole theme, my, my family and I, and, uh, so Brandon, the kid and me. 
So this year we're like, we're going to be stranger things. We have to like, that's our plan. I've got my blonde wig in the mail. I was going to be 11 when she has the egos and stuff. But then the stupid dress, the pink dress that, that, she, that she has, it wasn't going to come until November. And I ordered it like three weeks ago. So I was like, well, all I have is a blonde wig. What am I going to go for Halloween? But I do have a white dress with a little tutu and I have a leather jacket and a blonde wig. Who am I going to be? Chucky's bride. That's right. I'll be yes. Tiffany. So 10 points for Laura. I'm actually very excited to go as Tiffany. Very, nice. Very. I love it. So what are uh, Brandon and E going to dress up? Oh, they have their costumes already. It was just me. I was the one that was missing. So they're good. It was, I just needed my costume there. Uh, Brandon's going to go as Hopper from Stranger Things, the sheriff. And then he's going to be Eddie Munson. Oh my God. Okay. So. Oh, you finally watched it. Yes. Ariana finally got me into Stranger Things and we binge watched it. Like what was it last week? Yeah. We binge watched it. So good. And uh, we actually started it again yesterday just because we liked it so much. And Eddie's death. I, it, broke me like I cried because he just served so much better than that like you know what I mean like fuck the jocks they were assholes mm. fuck mm. everybody who like doubted him um honestly Eddie is like one of my top like my top five characters I would say are definitely Max I love Max I love her character um Eddie Dustin. Dustin. Dustin is Dustin. number one. He's oh. such a cutie. He's like, oh, I just love Dustin. He's so smart. And he's just like, I feel like he's the glue that holds everyone together all the time. Literally, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh my God, uh, I forget. Robin. Robin. I love oh, Robin. Yeah. I would cry. I would Robin's cry for character. Robin. Yeah. Robin's character is just amazing. I love her. She's just like so relatable. And I feel, I I know how this is going to sound, but I really, really liked Billy's character mm. because given his backstory, his attitude just made sense. And I feel like he was, he was still a child. He was 18. He was a kid who just like, didn't really have anybody there to understand or stand up for him. Mm-hmm. And so he had all this pain that he obviously took off on everybody else, but I just like loved his character. You know mm. what I mean? And, uh, and, and uh, obviously spoilers for, for everybody who hasn't watched Stranger Things, but his death also hit me pretty hard. Yeah, no, they, they did a really great job with the character development. Okay. So who's your least, who would you kill off of from Stranger Things that you're like, meh. Oh my hurt. God, Mike's dad. Dude, I cannot fucking stand that man. Okay, like, yeah. That man has a couple of lines, but every single line irks the shit out of me. Like he's literally just wasting up space and his wife is so beautiful. She deserves a better man. I always wanted her to have an affair with Billy. Oh my God. It, well, yeah, it's kind of creepy, but yes, I agree. I agree. I wanted that to happen. Um. So Mike's dad, definitely. I don't even know his name. Don't bother. Um, the doctor. Dr. What's his name? Papa. Okay. But those are like supposed to like be annoying characters. What about like the, 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 from the kids, like, who would you be? Which ones? Mike annoys me. Mike. Mike annoys me. He he annoys me. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonathan. I feel like had so much potential and like, I'm just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing with your life? 
Yeah. Nancy. Yeah. Nancy, Nancy annoys you? Nancy annoys me. Huh. I don't know why she annoys me so bad. Huh. I think the majority of Mike's family. You and Nancy are very similar. Like, like there's a lot of similarities there. How so? I don't know. Like you guys are smart. You guys were good at school. You outspoken. Had a lot of opinions and stuff. Like, so are you saying that she annoys me because it's a reflection of myself? Maybe. Don't Maybe don't don't bring psychology into this. Do you not bring psychology into this? You're projecting, and you guys are one in one. Uh, for me, the, my least favorite character that I'm just like, oh my god, I don't like Eleven. That's an unpopular opinion. I don't like Eleven. I like, I like, like, I just don't like her. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm trying to figure it out. They've made her really emo-y and it gets old. And I think that's why. Like season one, Eleven, I get, but the rest of it is just so emo-y and. I don't There's not much her. character development for her. Like yeah. honestly, I feel like by now she should be. Well, I mean, granted, 11 years of trauma is not easy on anybody, especially because it stunts your growth. Um, I think this last season, they did make her a little bit more relatable with like the whole like having to fit into high school and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, don't like her, but I also like, do you know what I mean? Like she's neither in my top five or my bottom five. She's just kind of there. Like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What about your top five? uh i don't have a top five but i like dustin is my favorite no particular order um robin dustin robin eddie and that's it that's fucking it oh and yeah. hopper dude i'm in love with hopper okay yeah hopper, I have hopper's a massive character is pretty cool. dad yeah he's like daddy like fuck yeah yeah hopper. so First season though, first season Hopper. All season Hoppers, all of annoying them. Annoying as fuck. All of them, I love them all. I think that's where I fell in love with them. Season one, love them all. Really? Yeah. It, it took me a while to grow on on Hopper. It, it did take me a while to grow. Mm-hmm. On. I'm not gonna lie. Season one, I love how grouchy he was and everything. I was talking. Brandon was has, uh, telling me the other day that I have like the most random fucking crushes. I like TV crushes. He doesn't understand it. It's like, I don't know why the fuck you would have a crush for people that were like, like that. All right. Give us your top three, top three TV crushes. Uh, top three. Okay. So Marshall from how I met your mother. Number one, uh, number two. Uh, I mean, again, that's not even a particular, it's just that I can think off the top of my head is, uh, so game of Thrones, what's his name? Um, Lannister, not the twin, the other one. Oh, Tyrion. Tyrion. And the dad. Imp. The imp. That they were, yeah, that's a terrible word. But um, yeah, him and the dad. Crushes. Oh my God. Yeah, the dad was, the Both dad of them. was hot. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I could see Marshall. I, I love almost every single character that Jason Seagal plays. Like him, the actor himself, I have a huge crush on him. I think he's so goofy and like, just like, I don't know, something about him was like, mm. Would I do him? Smash or pass? Smash. Everything about that dude is, is, it's just like how they're everything. But yeah, those are my two, my few crushes that I can think off the top of my head. Tyrion is kind of weird. No, I get the character. I I like, I'm attracted to his character. I'm not attracted to the physical. I don't care. I'm down. I I don't care. I don't care about the physical. I just, it's it's his person, how smart he fucking is, how well-spoken he is, Mm -hmm. how he can drink and not lose his shit. You know, like he's a 
he he does it all he has a, he's a whole package to me so I'm yeah I like there him. you go there you go Nick maybe next year um oh no that would be weird I was gonna say you guys should dress up as the Lannisters but you know what never mind let's not <laughs> weirder things have happened <sighs> but getting you in the Halloween spirit and by request of Ariana, mm-hmm. I brought you a haunting today. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Did you like my little segue? Was it cool? Was it very cool? Thank but you. Very sinister. I like it. Ooh. Um, so have you ever heard of the Sally House? I don't think so. Can't say that I have. Okay. So the Sally House is located on 508 North 2nd Street, Atchison, Kansas. It was built in the mid-1800s by Dr. Charles Finney. So the way that he built the house was the lower level was kind of like where he had his practice, including his operating room. And then the upper level was the bedrooms and stuff like, you know, where the family lived. So it had his practice, his home, everything was there. Now, this is the story or legend of the Sally House. So late in the 1800s, right? Late one evening, Mary knocks on the door and she's there because her six-year-old daughter, Sally, has been just in pain for the last couple of days, like just in pain. So she rushes over to the doctor's house, right? Knocks on the door. Uh, you know, Dr. Charles has her, has her come in and he checks, you know, little Sally, like what's going on? Where's the pain? It's her stomach. She hasn't been able to eat. She can't really walk. Like there, you know, it's just bad. So Dr. Uh, Charles Finney. So Dr. Finney, he um, ends up telling Mary like, hey, we have to operate on Sally right now. She has appendicitis. And if we don't operate on her right now, like we're going to lose her. So Mary's like, let's do it. Like, you know, like I need you to save my daughter. So Dr. Finney takes Sally into the operating room, right? And the symptoms are so severe that as soon as he injects the anesthesia, he starts operating on her. So he doesn't even wait for the Mm -hmm. anesthesia to kick in. Wow. That's not, what year is this? So this is the late 1800s. So anesthesia was like fairly new invention around this time and era. So I'm assuming they didn't really know how long it had to take kick, like to kick in and stuff like that. Um, but so basically Sally is strapped and this man is cutting her open and Sally is able to feel all the pain. Like she feels the cut. She, she's screaming, she's crying. She's like trying to get out of the straps, like moving around, fighting it, like just screaming at the top of her lungs. And Dr. Finney is like, no, we have to operate on you. Like we have to take out your appendix. God damn. I'm a fucking savage. Right? So, you know, little six-year-old Sally, obviously from the blood loss, the fighting, she's tired from, you know, the last couple of days she's been sick. Um, and she's just like tired, screaming, fatigued. Finally, she starts to get quieter. 
she starts to go pale and her body goes limp. The last thing she sees is this man standing over her, torturing her, and she dies. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's the story of little six-year-old Sally. So the doctor, obviously, he continues to live in the house, continues his practice. The house is, uh, you know, handed down a couple of generations until finally it's kind of like just sold off and it's just standing there, right? So this brings us to 1992. So 1992, we have Tony and Deborah Pickman who had just um, rented the Sally house. Now, at this time, they had had a couple people who had rented, who had left the house because under mysterious circumstances. So they didn't really have renters last a long time there. And, you know, Tony and Deborah, they're like newlyweds. Deborah's a couple months pregnant. They're just looking forward to starting their family and just like making their new home. And they're like so excited and ready to settle down, you know, like that whole creating your nest vibe. So immediately, as soon as they move in, they uh, decide that they're going to make one of the far back rooms, the nursery. And they're setting up the nursery, right? They're painting it. Um, And then they start noticing that the lights kind of like dim, go in and go out, go in and go out all the time. And after they finish setting up the nursery, right? um, They start to notice that the toys are just like randomly moved out of place. They start to hear like random electric objects turning on, turning off, like the oven, like the oven will suddenly start beeping by itself. The lights in other rooms will suddenly turn on and turn off. Um, And then, so after they have their baby, right, like like a couple of things are going on here and there, and they're just like, it's an old house. They don't really pay too much attention to it um, because they just... They want to start their new life. They want to be fresh, you know? And so soon after they have the baby, one day they get home and they walk up to the nursery to put the baby, little baby Tyler to sleep and, or Taylor, sorry, little baby Taylor to sleep. And all of the toys are sat in a neat circle facing each other in the middle of the room. It's like a fucking portal or something. Right? So... From here, it kind of picks up. They start to hear whispers, lots of whispers. And then their pictures, like the pictures that are hanging, will randomly be turned upside down. And then as they're sitting, like they'll have guests over and objects will literally move in front of them. Jesus, like poltergeist? Really poltergeisty, right? Like very like really like poltergeisty vibe. And... They'll bring like equipment in, like brand new equipment, put in the batteries and it'll just die. It'll stop working. Now, Tony, his experience differs a little from Deborah because Deborah has been experiencing these things, but she sees it kind of playful. So playful, your fucking yeah. shit is like moving around. And how is that playful? Dude, I would have left. I would have fucking left. No, I wouldn't. I've, I've had some random shit happen to me and I have not left. I should shut up. Um, 
so Deborah, she sees it more like a playful spirit, and like Deborah reach, reaches out to a medium, right? Like so, like Deborah's him. okay with it. She's like, it's not hurting us. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. So Deborah's okay with it because she's not really being hurt. The baby's not really being hurt. It seems like a playful spirit. She reaches out to a medium, and the medium, like over the phone, she's like, oh, okay, you know, like let's do a little bit of like, um, let me listen. Let me do some, uh, like what is it called when you're like, uh. Like when you're like being oh. quiet and <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> what do you mean? Meditation? Me- there you go. She's like meditating. And then like after a while, she's like, hey, so the spirit that lives in your house is actually a six-year-old little girl that goes by the name of Sally. And she really likes you. She really likes your son. She enjoys playing with you guys. Um, my So Deborah like gets excited, right? She's like, yes, I knew it. Um, but here's and the thing. I feel like Deborah would be really fun at parties. Right? Should we invite her to your Halloween party? Exactly. <laughs> Great stories. So right before they hang up, the medium's like, hey, just a warning. Sally does not like your husband. And that's it. She doesn't like men. She doesn't like men. So Deborah's like, fuck Tony. Like, I love the spirit, right? Now, that's kind of like the perception and the experience Deborah has been having. Tony, on the other hand, his experience has been darker. So Tony will randomly feel like a burst of cold air, like pushing him when he's trying to like go up the stairs. He'll hear whispers like louder and he'll randomly get scratched on his chest, his back, his arms, his stomach. And it's like small scratches at first, right? And then he, Tony also notices that their dog does not want to go into the nursery and will growl, like growls at the nursery. And so Tony's like, something like this isn't a playful spirit, like something's wrong, like I can feel it. Now, Deborah, she gets an idea in her mind that if they're nice to the spirit, the spirit will be nice back. So Deborah buys a doll wraps it up and leaves it in the middle of the nursery for Sally. Now, a couple of days go by and the gift is kind of just sitting there, right? Like nobody's moved. It hasn't been unwrapped, nothing. Then one day they walk into the nursery and the doll is like laying already outside of the box, but the box is still completely untouched and wrapped weird right like this is defining the laws of like physics and everything i'm I'm not even sure if that's how i say it but that's what a ghost does though (laughs) yeah but it's like something like you know it's like like they literally were able to like disapparate it into their world and then reapparate it and that's fucking scary Mm -hmm. so from there like shit only gets worse so the scratches on tony start turning into long claw marks like claw marks and this is happening as when he's just sitting there when he's walking when he's sleeping and they start noticing random fires just start and turn off like the curtains will randomly catch on fire and then turn off and you'll look and the curtain is perfectly fine nothing's been burnt they start noticing full-bodied apparitions going 
to the operating room, like the, the room where the doctor used to operate, going up the stairs, down the stairs, into the walls, the whispers start getting louder, especially for Tony. And one of the things that actually ends up happening is Tony starts getting possessed. Possessed, okay. Yeah. So let's say he's like randomly sitting down in the kitchen, right? Like he's sitting down in the kitchen, like busy doing something. And then all of a sudden he'll be in a completely different part of the house and has no recollection of getting there. Now shit gets really weird and really creepy when Tony starts talking at night. So they'll be sleeping and all of a sudden Tony will start like growling and like talking And at first, Deborah can't really like understand what he's saying. Like she can't make it out. But then one night, Tony, like they're asleep. And then all of a sudden, Tony sits up, looks straight at Deborah, and in a growl, like in a deep voice, says, He's mine. Hell. Yeah. So from that moment, they like knew, like, we fucking need help. Like, this shit is not a friendly little ghost. Like, we need help. So they actually end up uh, seeking help. Like there's like already a lot of talk about what's going on because like I said, like this shit is happening in front of their visitors. Like, especially the men, the men will come here and they'll suddenly get angry, sad. They'll, li- they'll leave with scratches and bruises like random. And um, so finally they reach out to the media and they actually end up having a crew from um, like this midnight uh, 1990s show sightings come in. And now the crew brings a medium with them and they decide to set up all night because, you know, they want to make sure that they have like enough like recordings and all of that good stuff. And they ask Tony to stay with them because that they've, they've heard that Tony's been getting attacked. Yeah. So the crew comes in, they set up and the medium, she tells them, she's like, so there is the spirit of a little girl. And then she is very playful. She's very innocent. But there's also a spirit of a woman here. And she's much older and she's much more sinister. Like this spirit is angry. So there's like a second ghost. Yes. Yeah. So one of the theories is that Salin kind of tries to warn you before the old woman attacks. So like the little like moving of the objects or like the random fires, it's like Sally kind of telling you like, you need to like get the fuck out. There's Sally's protecting. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's one of the theories, right? So the crew, they set up and stuff and then they're like equipment suddenly like will stop working even though it's like just been plugged in or fresh new batteries. Um, but they're still able to catch um, video recordings of like the apparitions and things moving they're mm. able to catch audio um, of like growling and whispering and like just random things saying like one, one of the things that they record is uh, saying, I'm happy to be safe now. And then another one is telling them like, get out, like you're not supposed to be here. And it's like various different voices right? Like some are like, like super, like, like, you know, sweet and innocent. Some are more like mean. Um, and then there's one where it's like growling and it keeps on saying maggots. maggots. Uh, uh. And, right. And so, you know, eventually um, 
they have more mediums come in and one medium he actually goes to the operating room and he see he says that the operating room is actually a portal for spirits so there's a lot of spirits like hundreds of spirits coming in and out in and out in and out because of what happened in that room the whole trauma yeah because i'm like if he killed the little six-year-old girl how many other patients died on his table like let's be honest Mm. and so eventually the pikmins move like they they can't fucking stand it anymore and the house starts getting rented out but like i said like the renters most don't even last a month a lot live like leave in the middle of the night and the house it's like um, at this time it's getting uh, bombarded with media so you have there's actually proof of all of these hauntings and you can find it um the a and e channel did a did a special on them the travel channel the history channel the discovery channel the sci-fi channel And in a lot of the um, specials and recordings, one of the main things is that all of the attacks happen on the men. And there was even a crew that had to like just abandon and leave in the middle of the night because um, one of the crew members just immediately started getting angry and pissed and, and like the other, uh, like the other crew members like just felt like the sense of dread like if they stayed there any longer like something bad was gonna happen so they immediately left and the crew member the one that like started like feeling like really pissed and angry he says that as soon as he left the house it like like he just felt like a different person like he had no idea what had taken over him um so if this interests you guys and you're into the paranormal and you would definitely like to have your own interactions, you can actually book a self-guided tour for the Sally House. And if you are daring and bold, you can actually book an overnight stay. Now, there, there is a warning on their website. So this is some of the warnings. Um, events that have been witnessed by visitors to the Sally House include video and investigative equipment that has stopped working, batteries that are full immediately and completely draining, experiencing moving objects, unexplained scratches or bruising on your body during or after the visit, physical touches, mysterious coldness, and trained guide dogs will refuse to enter the nursery. That's crazy. How much do they charge though? Um, that is a good question. So let's see. If we were to do an overnight stay, because if we ever go, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The overnight stay, let's see here. Um, okay. So November through August, an overnight stay cost $125 per person with a two-person minimum. And September through October, which is like the haunted season, an overnight stay cost $150 per person with a two-person minimum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, oh, here, here are some house rules. All attendees must be 18 years or older. Mm-hmm. Appropriate footwear is required. And any person found inebriated that might pose a risk, risk or danger to themselves or others will be asked to leave. And then due to safety concerns, the basement is inaccessible. And, um, oh, 
the guests need to bring their own sleeping bags, blankets, and pillows for sleeping. So, you know, if you guys are bold and daring. So you can, you so see, you can essentially like spend the night there and with like amongst other people or. Is it yes. Just up to 10 people. Up yeah, to, up 10, to 10, people. 10 people. And your party has to be a minimum of two people. So. Um, oh, but you're not like being with like other strangers. It's like whatever your party, like your people. Yeah. But like, let's say um, five groups book at the same night and they're both of two people then all 10 of you could stay together oh does that make sense yeah i personally i think that would be fun and exciting would i be able to do it sober i don't know i'd be a risk to myself and other people so because i do get in uh, i'm sorry drunk (laughs) (laughs) get inebriated uh so in honor of spooky season, that is the story and haunting of the Sally house. Oh, that was a good job. That that legitimately like freaks me out. I was watching um The Watcher on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have not, but I I do know the story that it is based on, which yeah. is creepy as fuck. The story is I did not like the series, but the actual story, because it's it's based on true events, right? And that show is freaky as fuck i remember like hearing about it back in like the early 2010s yeah that was scary and so it was kind of giving me like spooky vibey houses but yeah that's fucking early good job thank you and you know if you guys like scary stories and are into it i love like i love telling scary stories so if you liked it and you want more let me know yes i'll let you know I'm the listener. I'm like the listener. So you are my main listener. That is I am. I cater to my uh, audience, my number one audience. <laughs> Spooky stories are the best, man. They're the best. They've got a little bit of everything. Um, so quickly, my brother never texts me, right? So then you're giving me the story, and I was like, "What is? Is he good? Is he good?" Um, he sends me. This. I don't know if you remember this. Is it Harvey or Jonathan? It's Harvey. We're 90s kids, right? I don't know if you ever remember any of this. Imagine owning the world's greatest love songs by the greatest voices of our time. Do you remember that? In the fucking commercials at night, after you yeah. like you're watching Nick at night or something, and then those are the stupid commercials from the nineties. We were talking about the other day that uh, we were fucking laughing our asses off because because like we were talking about like, do you remember dude like staying up until like ten and eleven, and then these fucking commercials will come up. I'm like, yes, dude. And it's like, what did he fucking send me? I'm like, because he's having a baby soon. And I was like, is the baby here? And it was that shit. I was like, oh my god, Harvey. Dude, I loved the, those commercials were definitely a memory from, I remember going to sleep, like watching like Nick at night. Right. And then you're like going to sleep and all of a sudden, like at one or two, like this, like, l- like loud commercial just wakes you up with like all this romantic music. Yeah. So yeah, definitely memories of our childhood. In the fucking nineties, <laughs> man. Take me back. Take me back. It's like a right. 90s episode because my story also happened in the 90s. So thank you for that, Harvey. <laughs> thank you for that, Harvey. I think my story is in the 90s too. Huh. Ooh. Do we have huh. a theme going on? Finally. The 90s. We're back in the our themes. Yeah. Yeah. We have a theme going on in the 90s. Um, so 
this story is uh it's 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 a fuck us up carmen one so you ready fuck us up carmen <laughs> um, i will say it is um yeah no I, i'll just get into it um this is a story of allison but I, I don't know how to pronounce the last name i don't know if it's botha botha but i think it's botha She's from um, South Africa. So I know pronunciation is going to be a little bit different and I'm going to fuck it up, guys. And I'm sorry, because those, those are not my intentions, but pronunciations will be fucked up. But this is the story of Alison Boda. Um, she was born on September 22nd, 1967 in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. She's like an every other kid, right? Um, and parents got divorced when she was 10 years old. Um, and she lives with most, uh, she lived most of her childhood life with her mommy. So daddy was in and out. Mom took care of, took care of her and her bro. Um, but, but like she, she, Allison lived a really normal life. Uh, she was a head girl at a, at a high school for girls in Port Elizabeth. And, uh, she traveled a lot, kind of what I was telling you earlier, like what I wanted to do growing up, this girl traveled a lot. Uh, when she came back home. She found a corporate job as an insurance broker, right? And try to settle down. Um, and she enjoyed it. When I was reading about her, she literally reminded me of me when I was in like my, in my twenties. Uh, I used to have friends, dude. And not anymore, but I used to. I won't she doesn't my have life. friends anymore, everybody. <laughs> I don't have any friends. I'm a loner. Uh, no, so I, I had like a huge group of friends and uh, we used to have these things called pizza parties. And we used to go to my friend's house and everybody would like create a pizza and, but like the craziest, craziest ingredients you can find. And we'd all try the pizza at one point, like we would do like super vegetarian, very healthy pizzas. And then we'd do something weird and make Skittles pizza. I made a hot Cheetos pizza once we would do that. Some of them would like smoke pot. We talk about fucking politics or religion or whatever the fuck and have a great time. It was, it was the best of the best. And we weren't even getting like drunk or anything we'd maybe take like like a 12 pack or whatever and some people would have some beers but it was we're all pretty sober it was a really cool time in my life and this is what she did she hung out with her friends and she would do like these really cool little little pizza parties um and in december of 94 after spending the time with her friends um she they had done games they had done the pizza they had done the whole thing she was driving some of her friends back home and uh, then she was going to head back to her apartment, right? So Allison is getting, she's pulling up to her apartment. She's getting out of, she's going to get out of the car. But she remembers she has um, dry cleaning that she needs to take back in, right? Her laundry. And so she reaches for the plastic bag on the side. And then um, as she's doing so, some fucking guy just um, fucking, she feels like that warm air of the dude and the guy like has a knife on him and he tells her to move over because he's going to take over the car. Uh, so the dude says, move over. I'm going to kill you. And obviously Allison was fucking terrified, right? It's night time and she's not ready for this fuckery. The guy takes control of the car and speeds away. And he tells her explicitly, he says, Hey, I, I don't want to hurt you. I just, I just need your car. Yeah. Do so a, a little side conversation, I guess. Do you also create scenarios of how you would react to certain situations? For example, me, 
I have created a scenario for every way I could ever be surprised or attacked. Like, let's say I'm in my shower and like a murderer like walks into my house ready to kill me, right? Hmm. And I'm just like, I'm going to grab this. I'm going to punch him in the face or I'm going to do this. I'm going to like when, um, when I was little, um, my grandma, like a lot like your mom, mm-hmm. um, would go to church religiously. Like mm-hmm. that lady and the Catholic church, man, they were like this, you know, they were like this. And um, so she would go to church every single afternoon and she would leave us alone in her, in her house in Mexico. Now, mind you, we're from a very small town, but me and my cousins, we used to um, like grab my grandma's jewelry and be like, well, if a robber comes in, they're going to immediately want to go for the jewelry. So we would put like needles, like very like standing up, like just perfectly. So if anybody grabbed them, like they would be like, you know, hit with needles, <laughs> like little booby traps and stuff like that. And ever since then, I've always been like, well, if I'm at the gas station, like somebody tries to come up to me and does this, like, I'm going to grab my key and like hit him right here and da da da. And I have just like this wild imagination where I'm going to go like James Bond on people. Um, but I would probably also freeze and be like, oh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like if I tell you like, okay, this is what I would do. I would, I wouldn't re I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd probably react to very, a very, just do what they're I'm told to, uh, as I think, I don't know. I think I just, I wouldn't even put up a fight at that point. I just fuck. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I'm going to die tonight. Well, I don't know if I told you at one time, my mom gets, um, uh, paralysis, sleep paralysis, like really, really bad. And she was convinced for a long time it was a devil, fine, whatever. And I just would hear her stories and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I've never felt it. One time recently, a few years ago, I was at my house. I lived alone. I didn't even have my kid. I was one of my alone times. And um, it was probably like two or three in the morning. And I heard the fucking door sliding open. I heard the fucking steps of a man. My biggest fear in life is an intruder coming in and hurting me when I'm asleep. I heard the footsteps. I even heard him opening the door and I heard it squeaking and then him sitting on my bed and taking his shoes off and then getting on top of me and then me just being petrified that I couldn't move this motherfucker off of me and crying and screaming and and I was just like, this is how, this is how I die. This is how I always imagined it. So I'm dead. I'm dead. And uh, I started, all I could do was pray. For some reason, praying was my only solution. I started praying and then I woke up. It was a fucking sleep. Par- it was just literally sleep paralysis, but it felt so intensely real that even in that moment, I should have been able to, I don't know. It's weird. Sleep paralysis is gnarly. Dude, sleep paralysis. Like I believe in like, yes, sleep paralysis is a real thing. Like it it is a real scientific thing, but the sleep paralysis demon, like that shit will paralyze you and have you. And that's funny because my mom described him as a demon and the devil. I did not get any of that. I, it was a man. It was a fucking man. It was a regular schmegler fucking man. But, and that's what scared me the most. It's like, this could fucking truly happen. Well, it's because your demon is a person who is meat bones, like a real man. Like that is your biggest fear. And to me, I I guess I'm, I'm a little bit more scared of like the unknown, um, which has changed a little bit now that I'm an adult. I I am really terrified of having an intruder come in, which is like me and the kids, like it terrifies the shit out of me. 
Um, but I, I've had like sleep paralysis happen to me. And I think the worst one was like when I was like a preteen and I remember going to sleep and then feeling like I was lifted out of my bed and then like moved around my room and then like grabbed, like just grabbed. And I remember like the feeling of like, like my body moving, like air lifting over like my bed and moving to the side of the, and the weird shit that I have never been able to explain to this day is the next day when I woke up I had bruises on my arms and on my legs where it looked like somebody had grabbed me yeah maybe it was a fucking spirit or something for you now mine was like straight straight up sleep browsers but it was it was freaky man it was freaky yeah I don't know I think I just go with the flow I do what Allison did right which was just like okay okay makes sense yeah especially when he when when the dude says hey i don't want to hurt you i just need your fucking car uh, here you go <laughs> okay but what's all you yours need? it's all yours keep it uh fucking he's like i just don't, need don't to even worry about returning it it's, it's yeah fine. Bro, just drop me off here at the fucking corner like take the car don't even worry and he tells her still he's like my name's clinton he like introduces himself he's like my name's clinton and, and I, I just need to use your car for an hour she's like okay what no, do you need I'll, me I'll for? for you right here like I'll, I'll just wait for you at the mcdonald's like yeah do you have nice dollars I'll, I'll get myself like oh, something off the dollar money take two hours i don't i don't i don't need it back um so clinton's actual name is uh franz dutois um and he was on his way across the city to go pick up another motherfucker and his name is theon's kruger so both dutois and kruger um they now they're with elizabeth at this point and the men take her allison not elizabeth i'm sorry allison and took her outside of the city to a secluded area that was probably the moment where allison is just like yep this isn't going to be a fucking hour ride and something probably more fucked up is about to happen and that that gut feeling was true both uh dutois and kruger told Allison that they're going to have sex with her. And um, they even asked her, are you going to fight us? Because if you fight us, we're going to fucking kill you. And clearly she's like terrified for her life. And Allison was just like, well, no. <laughs> like, why would you even ask somebody that, right? Or give them a fucking heads up. But yeah. she's like, no, I'm not going to fucking fight you. Like, do what you need to do. Like, th- thanks for the heads up, buddy. What, what a gentleman. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for calming down my anxiety. Um, so the two dudes, um, they already had a history of violence against women. Um, they've been accused of rape in the past and all that fuckery. So these guys, obviously, unfortunately, they they raped her. And so brutally, dude, like brutally, brutally, brutally. And eventually they decide they're like, well, we can't just keep her around. So we're going to fucking, we have to get rid of her, right? We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to go back to prison or whatever. So they were very determined to kill her as well. At first they tried to suffocate her. And even, even at a point she ends up like losing consciousness, but Allison, she clung onto her life. She was, she found a way to, you know, stay alive. This only frustrated both Dutois and Kruger um, so they took shit to the next level where they stabbed, um, Allison at least 30 times in the abdomen. 
specifically specifically like her reproductive organs like they were going through like on the fucking uterus like how much do you have to fucking hate women so bad that you're like stabbing her fucking organs like under her stomach and her stomach area and they even wanted to like yeah it sounds very personal at this point like mommy issues the worst um and and even though like they went fucking 30 times Laura not fucking 15 not 10 this is this is like I'm I mean, I want to kill you in the most brutal fucking way. It's like, um, like rage, like passion, like, like it's not even against Allison. I feel like they were taking out their anger on like every fucking woman that they've ever ever been, been around. <sighs> yes, dude. Oh, so, so Allison is obviously like she's losing subconsciousness, like she's not there. But they're like, okay, we're done. We're done. I mean, who's gonna survive thirty fucking stabs? Allison ends up twitching her leg and they're like, not dead. We need to fucking finish it. So they decide to slit her throat 16 times. Because once wasn't enough. Allison, um, (sighs) Allison later recalls um, that she, uh, because they pretty much said like, yeah, 16 times, like who's going to fucking survive that 30 times in the abdomen? Like she's fucking dead, dead. Right. Um, she said she would feel like the fucking knife and just how she would feel like that coldness of the knife, like going through her neck once and once again. And all she was hearing was like, at this point with just like gushy wet sounds, she wasn't even know, like, I don't know if this girl was like, she, if she had like passed out in her mind or, or, or what was going on, but she couldn't like, it was like, it sounds like an outer body experience at that point. Right. Like when your body's just like, like your mind doesn't want to process the trauma that's going on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. She struggled to make sense of what was happening in that moment to her. She's like, it can't be like, this cannot be happening to me. This feels so unreal because I, I didn't even feel the pain at, at a point. Like I wasn't even feeling anything. All I can hear were sounds. All I can, um, it was almost like a dream. I couldn't comprehend the fact that these men were slashing my throat. Finally, the 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 men stepped back. Um, they stepped back and looked at her, admiring. She's on a she's on a pool of fucking blood, and they literally like look down and they're almost like admiring the the fucking job that they did. Anyone asks, do you think she's dead? And the other attacker says, yeah, bro, like, she's not going to fucking survive that. She's dead, dead. So they were satisfied. They felt very confident that they had killed her. Dutois and Kruger drive away, but little did they know that Allison was still clinging for her life. She's she was, she's a fucking survivor, dude. She was lying alone on broken glass, but Allison knew that she had to, she had to have like clues of who did this to her because she, if she's going to survive, they're going to fucking pay the consequences of not making sure that she's fucking dead. I've always, they've always, um, I've heard that, like that quote, like if you fucking try to kill me, you better fucking make sure that I'm dead. And, and, and this is what like Allison did it, right? She, she decided to write the names of the attackers because she remembered that she kept that. She's like, she kept that. She kept that. Um, she even wrote the names on the sand beneath of her um the names and then at the bottom thinking 
feeling like she was probably going to die from blood loss, she wrote, I love mom. Oh my God. Oh, baby. It was like her last note, like Mm -hmm. responsible last message. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Allison noticed that she might have a chance to survive because in the distance, she noticed that she saw some like headlights that meant cars and they were streaking, they were streaking through, through bushes. So she feels like, okay, if I can just manage to get to the road, somebody might be able to help me. This is so, this one reminds me so much of the last story I covered too. Vincent, Mary Vincent. Um, so she's like, I got this. I I can do it. So she starts moving towards the headlights, but she also doesn't know how, like the full extent of her injuries. So she, she pulls herself up, her head starts moving backwards. She's essentially decapitated at this time. Like 16 times with a slit throat. Um, yeah, her fucking head was like, like, yeah, almost, um, decapitated. So as she's walking, she then notices that something slimy was like coming out of her abdomen. It was her intestines. Oh my God. Allison is having to walk towards the headlights, holding her head and pushing holding her intestines with the other hand so like one is holding the head the other one's holding the intestines because she's all fucking caught up like she's caught up oh my fucking god uh she says as i struggled forward like keeping i kept on walking uh many times i fell many 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 times but i'd get up again until i finally reached the road and that's when she fucking collapses but she made it to the fucking road she made it all the way to the road and that's when she collapses um even she didn't know what was happening she was super disoriented but she knew that that's somewhere like at the street somebody she was going to catch someone's attention and fortunately for allison she didn't have to wait long because there was a a young man who was getting out of uh he was was in school to become a vet and um tian his name was tian aylard and he was visiting. He was just randomly also there. Just He was going to visit um, Port Elizabeth on vacation. But he saw Allison lying in the middle of the road. And he stopped immediately. So with the experience that he has as, at treating animals, he had enough to be able to help Allison in that moment to be able to get her to, to, to the hospital. Dude, talk about like divine intervention. Like... Her spirit guides were working on overdrive that night, making sure like this, it was not her time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even he says the same thing. There's for some reason, he says, quote, God put me on that road that night for a reason. Um, so he takes her to the hospital and the doctors were stunned, obviously, by the horrific wounds. Um, one of the doctors who had been working already for 16 years, he says, I, I, don't know how anyone could have ever survived such severe injuries since you know he just doesn't get it none of it made sense I mean fuck I heard the story and I was like there's no way there's no way so obviously she's on the brink of death um and but she manages because she's a survivor she's a bad bitch she um, pulls through and she remembers everything 
to what the uh, fucking attackers were wearing, their names, everything, every single detail. Um, and she was making statements as she was in the hospital hours after being like there, like right away. She's like, I know who it was. This is what I remember. This is this, this is this. Um, and this led to the speedy arrest and what they're now today called as the Ripper Rapist. They, call, they, they gave him that name. Um, so yeah, they, she was able to get them fucking arrested right away. Um, the trial obviously captured the attention of South Africans everywhere. Both Dutois and Kruger pled guilty to eight charges, which included kidnapping, rape, attempted murder, and they were both found guilty and sentenced to life in prison in 19, August of 1995. So good for her. She's a fucking amazing Dude, trooper. imagine how many lives she saved. Not just her own, but how many lives she yeah. saved from these fucking monsters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and in South Africa, he was give, they were giving life in prison. Remember Mary Vincent? They didn't give that guy anything. She he walked away. Well, they gave him a few years, but he walked away and then he did it again. Did he like walk away for like good behavior, some bullshit like some that? Some stupid shit like that. And then he did he does it again. Exactly. And actually kills the girl next time, right? Yeah. So good for you, South Africa. Good for fucking you. All right. So obviously the worst, it feels like the worst is left behind, right? She did her job. She survived. She's good. But even after surviving the the wounds and everything i mean how do you recover you 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 don't she wanted to like not touch that subject she didn't want to be a part of that she didn't want that to define her story which like she didn't sense. she didn't want victim to be her label exactly um and for a long time she tried to suppress what had happened to her so she can move along with their life but that only worked for so long because obviously you get start getting tamer you start getting ptsd from the ordeal and so she decided she says in order for me to recover mentally from what happened to me i need to talk about it and face and admit and accept that this is part of my story now it does not define me but it is part of my story and if my story can help out other people i will do that so she began traveling around the world telling her story to at least going to 35 countries and telling her story um, and she was the first woman um, in South Africa to speak publicly about rape. Wasn't that gnarly? The first person. And this is like in the 90s. 90s. So, wow. Mm-hmm. She inspired I'm, Monday. I'm assuming because of the culture, it must be, it must have been, I'm pretty sure rape has been going on for centuries there, but I'm, I'm pretty sure because of the culture, it must be a lot harder for the woman to speak up about what has happened to them mm -hmm, absolutely how taboo it is right and and even in the united states if we, we talk about how progressive people think we're so progressive but then the question is well what was she wearing well, it's not about it well what does she do no 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 rape is rape bro yeah rape is rape. you could be walking out naked in the middle of the night and if you did not mm -hmm. consent to having sex with that individual it is rape and it is not your fault absolutely and i will die on that hill no yeah and allison she she does a great job she inspires people to come out right so she's awarded with a bunch of she gets everything from the sentences of the year award from port elizabeth um she makes covers magazines um 
Uh, Allison's written two books about her survivor story. In 2016, there was a movie that was brought up um, called Allison. And she's still considered one of the most inspiring motivational speakers in the world. But remember the, all those stabs that I told you that these guys were hitting like her, her uterus. Her, her uterus. Yeah. They did not want her to reproduce. So she could have gotten all the shiny awards, done all the traveling in the world. But for Allison, the biggest and greatest gift of all was her becoming a mother. She, she was able to have a baby? She was able. She was able to have two babies yes dude that she um she was able to have kids and and so she says she ends i'm gonna end it with one of her quotes because today her story is just a true testament of being a survivor and defining all odds uh life can sometimes make us feel like a victim problems and hardships and traumas are dished out to all of us and sometimes they can be divided very unfairly but it doesn't define you right so she is a bad woman and she is amazing and she is inspiring and what a privilege to cover her story today so i'm speechless i i genuinely did think that she she was gonna die from <laughs> horrific torture <laughs> um wow i'm speechless like it's just she's amazing. I love hearing survivor stories. Yeah, because it lets me know that even if it does come to the worst, I can still fight through this and come out on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. No, she's she's fantastic, dude. Yeah, survivor stories are so like they leave you with the better taste in your mouth, and they they go through so many horrific things. But knowing that that she still kept on going and what a fighter dude like they those fuckers wanted to fucking kill her period and they didn't yeah they didn't get it and through no fault of her own because she had never met these men she mm -hmm. had never done anything and even even if you get a man angry it, it does not justify him doing anything of that nature to you um but the fact that she didn't let it define her, but unless she let it, instead she let it become a part of her story and grow from it and become a motivational speaker and speak out in in a country where it's very taboo, where it's it's very conservative, right? Like these things aren't sh shouldn't be talked about out out loud in public. Um, she's an amazing woman. She's a bad bitch. Mm -mm -mm. And that was my story for you today. Great stories yeah. tonight. Great stories. We did awesome. Like, yay us. Now I can see why Germany loves listening to us. <laughs> and actually, I, I wanted I wanted to quickly say it for peeps in Mexico. And I'll say it in English and you can translate in Spanish. Step up your fucking game. Our top three <laughs> countries are the United States, Germany, and Canada. Mexico. What the fuck? Step it up, bro. Step it up. And I'm not going to translate that because we did a whole ass episode in Spanish just for Mexico yeah. and we did not get the love back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys should be number one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but oh my God, yeah, our, our, dude, your story was awesome. Um, I was really excited to cover my story. Ariana had been asking me for like two, three weeks now, like, mom, like, please cover the Sally house, please cover the Sally house. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, 
So this episode was fun. I'm almost done with my wine. Look at that. Yay. Cheers. 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 Just in time. All right, my friends. Well, thank you so much for coming in and stepping in and and listening to our stories. We hope you enjoyed them as much as we enjoyed it. Um, Let us know if you guys have any stories or want us to cover anyone. Did we do any polls on Instagram? Uh, We did. We did uh, Halloween costumes and it looks like the uh, majority of our uh, Instagram followers are going to be doing a uh, scary costume this year. So it looks like scary is the theme of Halloween this year. Like Mm. it's post COVID and we're all like living our best scary lives out there. We don't know how to be sexy anymore or what? No, nobody wants to be a sexy slut for Halloween anymore. Um, You know what? It's been like maybe two, three years. And I, I, dude, sexy slut was my thing. And yeah. I've, it really was, huh? You're was, a big old thirst trap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Oh. Uh, it was all filters, you guys. Uh, but <laughs> I love doing like very comfortable, like funny, silly stuff. Uh, so this year I'm going as the cookie monster. Oh. And I know I'm going to be that monster, which is very real and honest I love cookies you guys uh but um we will be get, uh, putting more polls out there and if you guys have any recommendations uh remember our email is not your puppies podcast at gmail.com or you could also send them to us through Instagram Facebook or Twitter so catch us on there yeah all right my friends we will see you next time and remember no es cafecito con tu abuela sticky shots with your best friend Good night. Bye.